Let's go. Welcome back to Expediting Change. So it's been sitting real heavy on me lately to have this conversation about poverty mindset versus abundance mindset. Are you just maintaining or are you attaining? Are you reaching for your highest to attain and grab everything that's destined for you, kings and queens? Or are you sitting and waiting on someone to hand it to you, whether it's through the democratic process, voting, et cetera? We have to right now take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of us. And I know and I understand that I've been through and had conversations about my trauma and everybody hasn't. And oftentimes it's taboo to talk about counseling and therapy in, in our culture, in our neighborhoods and in our households. But we're going to bring it true to form today with my guests because I want everybody to be pushed to an abundance mindset. God put you on this earth for you to achieve abundance. So let's go. Just me. Expediting change. As I open my mind and try to reach yours, ask myself, why is it you really want to preach, boy? So today I have with me Mrs. DeVos, and I'm allowed Mrs. DeVos to introduce herself. She's my guest today, and, and we're going to get it popping. It's going to be a good conversation, y'all. Hi, Shamari. Thank you for having me today. My name is Mykese DeVos, and I am a 20-year veteran in the field of behavioral health. I am a licensed master's level social worker, as well as a certified psychiatric rehabilitation practitioner. I've been in this game for a minute. I've worked with young people, adults, um, and spent the majority of my career serving individuals in a community behavioral health setting. So while lots of folks might go after uh, more, I guess, high paying or uh, positions that are sort of in the ivory tower, so they're looking to work in school settings, I've been in the trenches with my people trying to make sure that they could have access to high quality uh, clinical services from somebody who looks like them. So It, it sounds like um, she did some research and already answered the question, how are you expediting change? So. Um, she cheating a little bit, huh? She cheating a little bit, but we're going we gonna to back it all the way up because she says she's been doing this 20 years and been in the trenches. So I'm going to start with a question. Um, I'm, I'm going to set this off. What is trauma? So I, trauma, I mean, you can look at trauma as a lot of things, but really it is the reaction that a person has to an experience that is traumatic for them. Mm. So no one can really... I don't think define for you what your trauma is going to look like or how it's going to show up. But what we do know is that there are some events that will be traumatic. So for example, seeing uh, a loved one be violently murdered in the street or um, even growing up in a household with one parent that is considered an, an adverse event um, and is shown to impact people well you know, throughout their lifespan. And so trauma is going to look different for everybody. I recently saw a friend of mine post on Facebook that she had been um, hit by a car. And for her, it was traumatic and her mm. body had a trauma response. No doubt. Um, so what that really means is that your brain encodes that experience and, and how you feel. And so any other situation that comes after that 
and create sort of that same setting, same scenario, makes your body feel similarly, you are going to have usually a physiological as well as potentially a psychological response to it. No doubt. So so oftentimes when folks hear trauma, you automatically think of like a car accident, somebody being shot, mm -hmm. um, something that is very, very dramatic. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> um, words can be traumatic. So... Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me about things that aren't necessarily shocking, like a plane crash and, and something like that, that is traumatic, but some of the, I don't want to call it lower level items, but some mm -hmm. things that we might not recognize. Um, so I think what, what you're talking about is really um, having experiences <clears throat> day to day over and over again um, that that sort of shape the way that we think and experience the world around us. Mm -hmm. um, and so it really makes us view things a certain way and it can become very difficult to then shift out of that thinking. Now, some of that can be considered trauma and mm -hmm. some of it might not. But I think the way that you're talking about it is likely... Um, so if we think about like our community and what people's experiences are like with regard to something as simple as food security. Mm -hmm. um, if I grow up in a home and my experience is that I often don't have enough to eat, mm -hmm. that is traumatic. Mm -hmm. No one has necessarily done something so earth shattering, but it is a signal to me every day that the world around me is not necessarily reliable, that I, I don't know whether my basic need of eating is going to be met. Mm -hmm. And that is then going to shape the way that I interact with the world around me going forward. So something that I experienced allows me to perceive the world in a certain way, and then I react to it based off my own experience, mm -hmm. whether right, wrong, or indifferent, mm -hmm. or whether that is really what's happening or not. Mm -hmm. So, because it's your perception. No doubt. And so your experience and your perception is everything. Mm -hmm. The way that I experience something and the way that you experience something are going to be completely different mm -hmm. because they'll they'll you know be impacted by what did you how did you grow up? What what were expectations for you? What were standards for you? Um just how you process information and mm -hmm. how you choose to move <clears throat> forward and deal with things. So you could have two people have exactly the same experience no that doubt. might be quote unquote traumatic no and doubt. have them come out dramatically different no as individuals. And you would be looking at them and saying, but they went through the same thing. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how come this person is successful and how come this person never was able to get out of whatever situation. So, so, Keeping facts, this podcast is never pre-plotted. Um, what always happens, I tell my guests, you're going to be on this podcast and we're going to have a conversation. The only question that I give them beforehand is introduce yourself. And, and, and that's not even a question. That's a statement, right? But this is perfect because I want to pull on that thread, which was not predetermined. And that thread that you're talking about, the trauma experiences and how you react based off who you are. So for me, again, I heard, which you've heard listening to my podcast, people, folks, family, that oftentimes the statement was money don't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. um, you got champagne taste in bare pockets. I heard that one a lot. A whole lot, right? A lot. So that- uh, No, can... no, no. Mine was you have the rich man's taste mm. in Lazarus pockets. See, that's, that's trauma. <laughs> so where I was going with that is that's trauma. When you hear that- 
over and over and over and over again, what that can ultimately, what can ultimately come to pass is, well, money is not for me then. Mm -hmm. Because I have champagne tastes, but I only can afford the beer money that's in my pockets. Mm -hmm. And when you hear that over and over and over again, now I can only talk about my experiences mm -hmm. as we just talked about, right? For me, that pushed me into full go mode. Well, if I got champagne taste and bare pockets, I need to know how to fill these joints up. Yeah. I can't wear skinny jeans because my knot don't fit, right? You feel me? So let's talk about that a little bit because I think the evolution, or if we're going to get to the evolution of getting over these conversations about what's owed to us, this 40 acres and a mule, et cetera, mm -hmm. we have to go back and talk about poverty mindset. We have to go back and talk about the trauma that we've seen or we heard or that was pressed upon us mm -hmm. about money. Can you mm -hmm. talk to me about that? So it's a couple <laughs> things. I think one of the things that I would say is that I'm not sure that I would necessarily attach the idea of trauma to, to that language, okay. right? I think that what happens <clears throat> is we establish beliefs and values based on what is poured into us by those around us. I think that it absolutely shapes how you move forward and how you interact then with money. Um, I think when you wh where it becomes trauma is when you add certain other experiences, mm. right? So if you add a missing parent, if you add a parent who maybe has a substance abuse problem, if you add um, other events, particularly in childhood, mm -hmm. that are considered adverse childhood events, mm -hmm. um, then you really start to see trauma. Be to me, before that, it's more I'm giving you values and core values and ideas that are not necessarily going to benefit you mm. later in life. Because what I'm telling you is you can't really access that world out there. Mm. It's, it's all of these things that you can see, all of these wonderful it, things that you want, but you can't have though? it. That's that, for me, my pushback is for me, that's traumatic. I came up in a two-family I mm -hmm. guess middle class household, but but the trauma in not having when actually the trauma in thinking I didn't have mm -hmm. because we were in a middle class household. My mama owned her house, right? right. So mo in most cases, when I wanted a new pair of jeans or maybe even some J's, I could get it. Mm -hmm. Or my mama said you can't. Mm -hmm. And the trauma for me, which I'm defining as trauma, but you, yeah, you're yeah. the expert. You're the expert. No, so I mean I'm just pushing back. For me. That was a traumatizing experience to see something that I knew I really wanted, but I could and not told afford. That you couldn't have it. Not only be told I, I didn't have the money, and I'm told. So it's like, hey, look, not only do you not have the funds to go get this, mm -hmm. but you're also being told almost in a sense that your taste is way too high to be able to afford that. Mm -hmm. So moving in or pressing in as an adult and in adult life, now it's like, well... I can I should I buy that? Should I be able to afford that? When now let's say I can afford it, but it's still that traumatic experience. So with my personality, which is completely different than obviously everybody else's in the world, someone who doesn't necessarily have that same level of confidence, it may dampen and push them into what I would call a poverty mindset or a mindset that's not of abundance. Mm -hmm. But push back. If, if, no, you know what I mean? so I I agree with you. I think that. It's the experience in totality. Okay. Right? And then I think when we add on top of that, like, where we are as Black people in the world, mm -hmm. 
I think that that is likely where where just that language, right, mm. becomes traumatic language. I think that language can be violent. Mm. And so to tell somebody you cannot have this and you don't know that or you'll never be mm. able to have this, right. for example, that's that's violent language. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're really reducing me and putting me into a little box and you're not certain. You don't know what's going to happen to me 20 years from now. Absolutely. So using language with children, like you'll never amount to anything or even telling children you're to be seen and not to be heard. Absolutely. That is violent language. Absolutely. Because what it does is it dehumanizes the person. No it doubt. takes away their belief in their own capacity. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I do That's think I understand what you're saying um, when you say that. um you know, hearing or being told you can't have this, you can't do this, those kinds of things. And I agree with you. Um, you and I have had this conversation before and I've said, you know, it's taken me a long time um, to, to accept that I could have luxury items. No doubt. Because I just wasn't raised that way. No it doubt. just it was never really instilled in me that I could have anything that I wanted. What was instilled in me was more so a work hard kind of a mentality, uh, you know, put your nose to the grindstone and just and and, and then you can have this little bit, though. Yeah. But it was never like I don't think we ever used the word rich in my house. No doubt. And it was a dirty word if you did. No use doubt. It. Like it was too much to want to be rich, to aspire to no be rich and wealthy was like. Why do you want to be better than other people? Word. It was a yes, curse word. and it was a you. Oh, you want to be better than somebody else? Absolutely. It wasn't a like. It's just a goal. It's yep. just something that you might attain to or aspire to. And I and I remember for a long time I would say, well, I don't have to be rich. I just want to be okay. No doubt. I don't have to be rich. I just want to uh, be able to pay my bills. And that's not enough. Or that's, And it's not. That's like, maintaining. That's, <laughs> that's not attaining. That's the, that's the basics. Absolutely. That's the bare minimum. But I, you I, should I wanna... be able to go to work, pay your bills, yep. have something left yep. over. Like, that's the bare Absolutely. minimum. But I want to pull on that thread because you said something very interesting, right? When you started talking about rich was a dirty word. So I think we end up conflating, right? Because now all of these billionaires are bad people. And we don't want to aspire to grow to greatness through building our wealth mm -hmm. because this push to say money is evil and people who are rich are evil people. And I think a function of that is the conflation of what happened in our households with what we're seeing today. I'm not I'm not asking to go to somebody else's table. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use where we are with our current state, it's capitalism, and the things that I have access to to get as wealthy as possible to build my own table. But I, I, I just, I, I want to hear your response to that because I think, it, I think they are taking those learnings, which is trauma, and then now mm -hmm. turning it into Bezos, um, Cook. All of these billionaires are bad people. So, I like that. Uh, <laughs> that, that means she, that means that's her low way of saying she'll agree. Talk so to me. I, I feel like the challenge with people who are billionaires, and you mentioned Jeff Bezos, for example, <clears throat> is is not. I don't care that you're rich. I don't care that you're a billionaire. Yeah. What concerns me is how are you how are you finding balance <clears throat> or harmony in that place, knowing that there are 
people every day, everywhere, even your own employees and yep. your company who are barely scraping by. Yep. And you're just continuing to amass billions and billions and billions and money that you're never going to be able to, probably your own yep. kids, grandkids, like nobody's going to be able to spend all of that money. That's fair. Um, and so I think what happens for us, particularly in the black community, is that we see people who get rich, quote unquote rich, um, or or our billionaires not ha- not perceivably having any care for other people's plight in the world. No doubt. And for me, that's a problem because I'm a social worker. Mm -hmm. So I firmly believe in social justice and I believe that there should be a way for everybody to be able to have access. I agree. Right? And so I think what happens when you think about rich and billionaires (laughs) and all of those things is that all of these ideas do get conflated and they do all sort of start to lay on top of each other. And we have to take the time to... agree with me right there. Let's make a note of that. Go ahead. (laughs) You have to take the time to tease out what is the good, what is the bad, what's problematic. It's nuanced. It's gray area. It's not... Perfect. It's not black and white. Can I pull on that thread? Because I think, and this is just my opinion, I don't think that's what individuals do. What happens is tax the rich, eat the rich, right? Well, they don't because it's emotional. Well, that's so, the and problem. This is where, but, but that's the problem, though. But, but here's the part. So when you talk about that trauma, yep. you talk about it's emotional, mm-hmm. right? So... When I think about somebody being rich and they don't have to think about, are they going to be able to pay their light bill or can they get their prescriptions or are they going to eat? I'm angry about that. And if I don't have a way to get myself out of that situation, I have to do something. I can't. You you, you can only do so much with cognitive dissonance. Right. And that's when stuff is not lining up. Mm -hmm. So who you are. How you see yourself in the world, what you see around you, it, none of it matches, mm. right? So if you know, like, I'm smart, I work hard, I should be able to be successful, but I'm not. And I have all these external, to some degree, all these external forces pushing on me. Systematic or barriers. racism and oppression. Right. It, the it's systematic here. stuff. It's here. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the <clears throat> things that we have to push through, push past, get over, overcome, all of that. Yeah. Um, and then you have people who have privilege, mm-hmm. and you're like, this shit ain't fair. No doubt. Can I curse? Yeah, you can curse. Yeah, this ain't right. This ain't fair. This don't make sense mm-hmm. to me. Like, well, then what's wrong with me? Yep. So in order for you mm-hmm. not to 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 be so questioning, internalizing it, you have to bl- that blame has to go somewhere. You have mm-hmm. to do something with that. So, and so then it becomes, well, yeah. it's not me, it's them because they're taking everything for themselves. If they would just give a little bit, spread it out. I don't think that people I don't honestly, I don't necessarily have an issue with uh ideas of taxing those folks who are <clears throat> super billionaires like you're never going to use all of that money. I agree. I don't have a problem with that. So what I have a problem with, because I don't take issue with anything you just said, but what I have an issue with is when you take that mindset and then you start closing doors and barriers, which eliminates access for people who look like me and you because somebody is mad at a Bezos or mad at a Tim Cook. And now they want to circumvent processes and close the pathway for you and I to then become a billionaire. 
That's what I take issue with. Tell me how you, because I'm not, I don't know what you mean when you say close the pathway. Do you mean the person gives up on the idea of pursuing that for themselves? Or do you mean systematically closing those doors and pathways? Or do you mean both? Very good question. Well, uh, both for themselves, because they internally shut down and believe that that's not the path that they should take because what somebody else eat don't make them poop. So that's one issue. Mm -hmm. But then the second issue is for me, when they start voting, when they start saying that charter schools Mm. are are bad and you shouldn't open up charter schools. Well, if you close charter schools, you eliminate the opportunity for black people to open up charter schools. So therefore you eliminate the opportunities for black people to educate Educate our black children. Mm -hmm. So when you start taking these aggressive positions against the idea of capitalism, charter schools, money, billionaires, Mm -hmm. and it then starts to close the pathways for you and I and for other individuals like yourself out there to go get that wealth. Now I got a problem with you. I understand that. And I don't really have a whole lot of pushback for that other than to say that um, I think that, again, this issue of cognitive dissonance is really what keeps people from believing or deciding that they're going to go and pursue wealth and, and financial legacy and all of these kinds of things for themselves. It's a hard road. Mm -hmm. And it means that you're going to have to leave, get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to pick up and move. You're going to have to sacrifice, you know, your comfort. You truly are going to have to sacrifice your comfort. It's not going to come without a great deal of work, time, effort, all of those things. And so if I've been told that I can't do it, that it's not for me, Mm -hmm. that I, you know, you here you go again with these big dreams. Like, I remember having any number of dreams for myself as a child. Mm -hmm. And my parents were so practical that they would always say, you just need a job so you can pay your bills. Which is the rat Literally. Which is the rat Yes, you just need a job so you can pay your bills. So it is only now that we are... Um, challenging our kids and telling our kids, no, what is it that you actually want to do? And whatever it is that you want to do, do that and you will figure out how to pay the bills. No doubt. You know, my son loves science. I I don't care how much money I spend on science stuff for him because in my mind, it's just about me pouring into you and letting you know that if you like it, I love it. We could do uh, Mentos and soda all day. No doubt. uh, Watching the the soda bottle explode and blow up and and land on other people's roof. (laughs) I have no problem with it because I understand that just me believing in you and being willing to put our resources into something that you believe in is going to mean that you you'll do whatever you want. No doubt. Just because you will know that it is possible. Yeah. And so that's 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 really I think what happens for our folks when we think about why aren't why do you have a poverty mindset? Mm-hmm. Why do you mm-hmm. not believe that you can have abundance? Mm-hmm. Because nobody told me that I could. No doubt. And because even as I might be trying to get myself out of the mud, yeah. mud is thick. No doubt. And depending on how far deep into it you are. It's not an easy task. And if it's nobody to give you a stick and say, come on, I got you. And so I think, especially in our communities, depending on what's going on, you have a few things happening. You have people, crabs in a barrel, right? Mm, I don't want you to get out before me. Some people don't like that statement. (laughs) I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you get out. I don't I I, want to see you do good, but you can't do better than me. Mm -hmm. 
But that's so not, we can we can just, just not, not and just it's not just though. us. It's not, not just black people. It's not just us. But guess who I'm not worried about? No doubt. I'm not worried about anybody else. I'm worried about us. No doubt. So it's Respect problematic that. in our community yeah. when you know what? No, go ahead. If you can get further mm-hmm. than me, go further than me. If yeah. there's something that I can give you to help you get there, get there. Just do me one favor. If you see me coming down the road, let me know where the pothole is. No doubt. If you see me coming down the road, I'm coming up behind you. Yep. Pass me the baton so I can try to to get where you are. So that we're supporting one another. That those of us who have gotten into an abundance mindset, we always have to be looking back. And and not in a condescending way. Absolutely. Because that's the other thing that I see happening that is very traumatic in our Mm -hmm. community. Is we have folks who have gotten money. We have folks who have businesses. We have folks who have all this learning and this knowledge. And the way that they talk to people who don't is like, well, if you just do this. No doubt. And it's like, friend, don't do what the white people do. So it's not not necessarily what you say, but how you say it. It's how you say it. (laughs) And it's realizing (laughs) that if I got $50, I got $50. Right. And you don't know what I got to do with that $50. Right. I have to pay to get on the bus. I have to, if we relocated from Philly, right? So if I have $50 and my kid is in school, I might have to pay for my kid to get on the bus. I might have to... You know, I got to pay for my own transportation. Yeah. I have to put food on the table. I have to do all of these things with whatever this finite amount of money is. But that, so don't you come telling but, me, but, but wait well, though, wait if though, you just save more, though, if you though. just save more, save what? That, but that's not the only story, though. We that's keep not. It a stat no, we do. But there that, are individuals who had that $50 and they'll spend 20 of it in the club. You right. You're right. They spent, they spent 15 listen, of it on some Listen, sneakers. in Philly, they spent $20 of it on some crabs. But, <laughs> no, no, no shots fired, Philly. That's not me. No. I never lived in Philadelphia. So. <laughs> but, but, I mean, and it's, and it's not it's not shots fired. It's just, it is just talking about the reality of what we are willing to do with our resources. That's right. And I say that from a place of me, myself, knowing I haven't always made the best choices with my money. No doubt. Fair enough. I mean, it's... it's it, I, I might have I might have been one who had a hundred dollars and I overspent and I called my mom. Mom, can, can you can you send me fifty dollars till payday? But are you open to feedback though? Oh, absolutely. Because that, that's what I see though. I see folks popping bottles in the club and looking rich but not being rich. They're not right. having no money at all. That's right. Struggling. So, and yep. then when you say something. Then what you were talking about with the $50 cash that I have and I'm spending it on the bus, et cetera, they respond from that mentality, right? right? But what they really doing is going out and blowing that money. Well, but but who <laughs> talked about it? Kanye talked about it, right? He said, when I get when I get on and I get some money, I need to feel good. That's what he said. No doubt. He didn't say that explicitly, no but doubt. that's what he was talking about. When I do get paid, and even though I know I have all these things I have to do, let me live. I just worked 75 hours for a little bit of money, and yeah, I want some takeout. Yeah, so, I want so, me a bottle of Henny. So I'm not a, saying... A bottle of acquired taste, but uh, go ahead. Okay, acquired <laughs> taste, or whatever your preferred, you know, your Kanye, thing is. No whatever doubt. your thing is. <laughs> Whatever it is that you like, maybe it's your Starbucks, maybe it's your no whatever it is. No doubt. Everybody has something different, but you've worked hard yeah. and you feel like I need a little something just to make me feel like it's something for me and so all I, of this. I don't have no pushback on that. The only thing that I would say, because I agree, I would amend and say or add and say or whatever term you want to use 
as long as you've mastered the concept of paying yourself first. Go ahead. If you got that $20 and you give yourself $5 mm-hmm. and then you pay everything else and then you go and do something. I'm okay with it. Listen, kings and queens, buy your jewelry. I got gold teeth. You're going to see them on the podcast at one point. So I get it. I love to floss. I love my jewels. But you know, first, I'm making sure when that check come in, I'm taking out what's for me and what's for the legacy and what's for the stock account, et cetera. So... If you want to open up that can of worms, you 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 have to address the fact that some of our folks don't know if they're going to see three months from now. They don't know if they're going to see six months from now. They don't necessarily, and not even know, because mm. never mind, no, they don't believe that it's worth it to put that away because I'm not ever even going to get to it. Fair no, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. So I'm going to enjoy mine now. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a thought. So, I mean, what, I think so, people... so that's fair. What's the approach then to largely teach the community, teach the culture to get past that mindset of it's not just about you. The day I right. had my son, I realized I no longer live for myself. When I got married, of course it was, okay, it's my wife and I, we are a union, we are together, we're going to do this together. But my wife was solid, had her own income, had her own dreams and aspirations. So it was like us coming together, Mm -hmm. right? So I could still do a little bit of what I wanted to do with my money sometimes, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But when I had my son, it was, yo, there is only one thing I can do, which is provide for this individual until they can provide for themselves. Mm -hmm. So that mentality of me blowing anything and just going crazy had to dissipate. It had to back up because I now needed to take care of my community completely. So how, I mean, what what advice do you give for individuals to say, hey, I may personally feel like, listen, I may not even make it to my 21st birthday, but you know what? I got a brother, I got an uncle, I got a cousin, I got a seed, I got a nephew. We have to start thinking about the global community. Right. Um. Honestly, I don't know. Mm. Because <laughs> I think everybody and when and how they get to that is different. Okay. Um, and, and so I don't think it's about giving advice. I think it's about giving, a- how do you provide access? Okay. So I think it's about having conversations like this where people can hear <clears throat> and see themselves reflected um, and people who may not be too far off in age from them that are saying, like, listen, it's more than one way to look at this. No doubt. And so what is it that you need to do in your personal life, in your personal situation mm-hmm. to start to shift you out of a mindset that is keeping you trapped in poverty? Mm. Right. So <clears throat> it, it is really about shifting. And so, you know, um, at, at school, at Legends, we talk to our scholars about um, SEL and, 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 and being competent in those skills and mm-hmm. social emotional learning. And so part of that, one of those is grit, mm-hmm. right? And so it is, do I believe that I can have an impact or an effect on some, on some circumstance that's impacting me? Mm-hmm. And am I willing to continue to work hard enough to get through whatever that, that event or circumstance is? And so... I think that we as a community tend to have grit in the sense of we'll work hard, we'll work hard, we'll work hard. But what is it that we're believing? Mm. That's my question. Mm. Are you working hard because you believe that's what you have to do in order to just make it from day to day? Or are you willing to shift to believing that let me put in this hard work 
you know, at my nine to five or my seven to three or whatever it is. And then I'm going to figure out my own grind, my own hustle. I'm going to figure out how can I turn this game and make it work for me. No doubt. Right. And that's the shift I think that we're seeing in some of our up and comings and, you know, some of our people who are really making waves with Mm -hmm. regard to talking to folks about making moves financially and having that legacy and doing that is that we are hearing us talking about entrepreneurship. We're yep. hearing us talking about, listen, it might not be easy, but here's here's 10 different ways. Which one of these fits for you? No doubt. Right? Because you might only have that $50, yep. but you know what you got? An extra five hours that you're not about to go home and spend sitting looking at Instagram. You're going to take that five hours and you're going to go out here and you're going to do a, a Amazon delivery for a little while because you want to stack that extra money so you can invest it yep. or do whatever it is that you want to do. And I know it's going to be those people who are going to try to come for me and say, well, no, I should be able to rest, too. That's a choice. No doubt. That's well, a choice. Well, it's either if you are able to rest, um, which is a good thing, you should. You get should. Rest, and I'm not saying you shouldn't no, no, no. rest. But sometimes we have to decide, am I at a place in my life where I can <laughs> rest in that way? Aside no from like what's needed. But it's a difference between productive rest. Right. Um, Where um, or meaningful rest, I won't say productive, but meaningful rest where I literally, you know, maybe I go home and I and I choose to actually go to sleep and restore my body or I choose to go and prepare myself a healthy meal or I might choose to go and exercise or, you know, any of those types of things versus I go home and I'm consuming, you know, media and things like that. That's not resting. It's not resting. That's not resting. resting. And the research has shown that consuming all of that social media and all of those things, it makes people anxious. It makes them more self-conscious. It makes them tired, depressed, all of these different kinds of things. So don't talk to me about I want to go home and watch a show or scroll Instagram. That's fine. You can do that. Yeah. But then you can't say I don't have time. No doubt. And that might that idea (laughs) might make me unpopular, but hey, it is what it is. No doubt. I I hold myself accountable the same way. I'll say, I'm so busy, I don't have time. And I'll look up and be like, oh shit. (laughs) I I just sat here and did nothing. No doubt. For, you know, maybe I I went down a rabbit hole. I might have started out looking for something meaningful and then saw something, and then the next thing you know, I got sucked in. And now it's easy to do now. It's it's so easy. With cookies and tracking and you see. All of the stuff is so easy. It's so easy because they know what you look at. They know what's interesting to you. They know, you know, they're tracking every single thing. So it's very easy, but we have to be smarter and we have to be more diligent and Mm. we have to be more um, even hyper vigilant about making sure that we're doing we're doing we're being good stewards of our time absolutely and our resources absolutely. And, and time is the most critical resource that you have because once you spend back. it you it's can't over. get it back it's, it's over. over so so listen we can have this conversation for for hours um and i'm a rest when i'm dead just for for to put it out there i'm forget rest but i do i'm guilty of when i have a really long Hired day, I go watch mindless TV and I will watch like three shows all in a row to be like three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I want to push to expediting change. So you got some crazy experience and you said some things that I hope individuals are a little bit upset about, because if you are not uncomfortable, then you're not growing. 
So I hope that you said something that somebody wrote down, thought about, they had a reaction, and then now they're going to go out and do something about it. Um, but just that point, do something about it. So a lot of theory we just got done talking about, right? But what are you doing right now for real change, for real people in real time right now? Um, well, I spend every day, pretty much all day with our babies, talking to them about emotional wellness um, instilling in them these ideas that it really is up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I actually uh, made one of our, our morning announcement videos and the focus is Mindful Monday. Mm-hmm. And I said, thoughts become things. Make sure you choose the good ones. Mm. Um, and how many, because, how, how many people does that reach? So we have 695 students at our school. So that's the 695 students, their parents, whoever they share that information with, um, so it goes out families, on social media, community. children and families, the mm-hmm. whole com- the whole community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm always talking this kind of talk with with our young folks, with the young folks who work with me at the school, talking to them about what is going to be your legacy. What mm-hmm. are you going to leave behind? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are you doing to move yourself forward? Mm-hmm. So really just anybody that I get my hands on or I spend any time with, for me, it's about figuring out who they are, where they are, what do they need, what little bit can I give them um, to help them to move forward. And 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 so it really is at the end of the day, just about pouring into, into our kids and letting them know, like, I'm not too far off from you. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm older, but I'm not that far off from any of you. I get it. I understand. (laughs) Um, And so being somebody who's willing to sit down and listen to them and who has the language um, and the understanding of how these day-to-day experiences impact our kids means, you know, hopefully when they go out into the world, they understand. Um, You know, when we talk about responsible (laughs) decision-making, If you don't learn how to make good decisions early, mm-hmm. you're going to continue to repeat that. It's going to be a problem. It's be a problem. Because when you have to decide, for example, you know, if I'm talking to kids about responsible decision making now and I'm talking to them about self-management now. Mm-hmm. So managing your time, managing your emotions, managing your relationships, all of these kinds of things, um, thinking about problem solving. How are you solving problems for yourself? How are you solving problems in your world? These are all skills and ideas and thoughts that apply to ultimately them being able to be wealthy in the future. No doubt. If I'm a hothead and I blow up at every job I get, that's going to be a problem. problem. Even if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I have to understand how to manage relationships. I can't be yelling at my clients and treating them any old kind of way. I have to understand. Unless you're the boss and you just want to. Unless you're Shamari. Unless Unless you're Shamari, I don't care. He yell at everybody. So, you know, it is what it is. You never don't. Not all the time. Sometimes. A Most lot. times. A lot. But you said something key, though, <laughs> a lot. You said something key, though. Um, productive adults and 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 wealthy. My reason, my why is I want every single person who looks like me, which is not mutually exclusive to those who don't look like me, but I'm here for my people first. But I want them all to be wealthy. I want them all to be billionaires, $100,000 heirs. So what's your why? You just explained how you're expediting change, but why? Why, why do you do it? Um, I do it because I think it's fair. I do it because I can. Um, I do it because it's what I love. I've always believed in 
access, right? I, I came into this because I felt like African-Americans, Black people, people of color would not get therapy or would not be willing to, you know, really dig deep and, and go sit on that couch and do that self-reflection because you're not sitting across from somebody who looks like you. And while some of us might be willing to do it with, you know, whoever we get referred to or whoever is available, for some of us, we just aren't going to be able to take it coming from somebody who we might view as part of the problem. Mm. Um, and so... For me, initially, it was about being dedicated in those spaces where I knew that the turnover is so huge. Mm. So in community <clears throat> behavioral health, you will have somebody, they might be there a week. Mm. They might be there 30 days. They might, like the turnover is so high so you gotta have in high that setting. So you have <clears throat> to, I mean, it's a lot of work. It's, it's very demanding and it's thankless. Like, mm. you know, sometimes you get it, but so a lot of times what's your why? What's your why, though? You're still telling me the job. What, what's your why? why, why? <laughs> I just told you. What, because, why? If because you got to say it in me, three words. Say it in three words. Or let's say five. No, I'm not going to hold you to three words. That might be kind of crazy. So tell me why in one sentence. If, if you had to say, I'm not going to say tombstone. Why do I do what I do? Yeah, why? In one sentence. To create access. I like it. I like Just it. to create access. For me, it's not about whether or not you drink the water. <laughs> yeah. The fact is, I put the water on the table. For those who look For like us. For those who look like us. I love it. I put the water on the table. It's up to you whether or not you want to drink it. I can lead a horse to the water, but I can't I make, can't make drink. you drink it. I love it. I love it. Expediting change. You just heard from Mrs. DeVos. Man, she dropped the jewels on us. So listen, it is incumbent upon you to do the work. You can't escape doing the work. It is no longer taboo for you to, to not go get therapy. If I'm having a bad day, it's not okay for me to make you have a bad day because I'm feeling some type of way. But if we wanna move away from just maintaining and we wanna get out of this poverty mindset, we have to do the work. Trauma is real, y'all. We've been through some things. You read and or heard or listened to the 1619 Project. And even if you didn't, you know the plight of America. You know the plight of Black Americans in this country, right? You know what it feels like. I don't have to tell you. But the only way we going to get to building our own tables collectively because a rising tide raises all ships is if we do the work. And a part of that work is our mindset. I'm not telling you to become a billionaire. I'm not telling you to become a millionaire, but I'm telling you to have a billionaire mindset so you can grow to greatness. That's expediting change. As I open my mind and try to reach yours, ask myself, why is it you really want to preach more? I want to teach more.